<laughs> you know that I'm going to dub over a really nasty burp over the top of <laughs> You should. Like, like <laughs> Still going after I'm stopped. Hello, everyone. This is Slaughterland Podcast back again. And guess what? We're going to take a little break from the best and worst of Halloween, the franchise, coming out with soon after this episode, Halloween 2018, the best and worst of getting up to the moment of kills release um getting everybody excited about that but darren and i want to talk about one of our favorite movies of all time and the reason why darren and i got this show and the podcast all put together is because our love of this movie and that is the american werewolf and american werewolf in london and it's coming up actually on our one-year anniversary doing this um, Darren, you and I have bonded over this, over this. We did, movie. we absolutely did. And you know, uh, for those of you that are new to this channel, and there are a lot of you because we've had a lot of subscribers over the last month or so. Um, Frank and I started on a on a on an audio podcast channel. Um, but yeah, we started about a year ago, and we just, you know, I reached out to Frank and said. Do you want to do something? Do you want to do you want to talk about something? We we we'd realized that we had a love for horror films, in particular Halloween and and, and this one film, an American Werewolf in London, and it was our first ever podcast, which went out in mid October uh, last year, and we thought we'd kind of celebrate by doing a kind of video version of, of that podcast, which you know won't be exactly the same. We're a little bit more relaxed now about the way we do things. We have a little bit more fun. Those of you that want to listen to it, it is available on um, on Spotify and iTunes and Google and all that kind of stuff. And we're pretty terrified and stiff and um, very formal and polite with each other on it, aren't we? Yeah, it's probably because we were naked. Yeah, there was that. But, um, <laughs> but also we were incredibly nervous as yeah. well, you know. It was new um, territory for us. It was. It was. It was. It was difficult. And, you know... I remember when we when we first did it, and I, and I sat down and, and, and listened to it. Um, I cut it to within an, in, within an inch of its life. If you listen to it, it's kind of there's no pauses or anything like that. We sound like we're on high speed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, it's we, you know over time we've kind of learned to relax a little bit and have a little bit more fun. Um, but yeah, we wanted to kind of redo that um, and. And, and do it in the format that we've been um, that we've been using for for Halloween, which is the best and the worst of. So let's start it. Let's let's do this. It's uh, the best and the worst of an American werewolf in London. You and I have watched this movie multiple times. To the point where we recite it with our eyes closed if it's playing you know we're kind of like we're kind of like the preacher and they live we're just like and just going back and forth with the lines we know it heart by heart it's so hard to get a worst moment a worst kill a worst line out of this movie because to me and i think to you as well it's the ultimate werewolf movie the ultimate yeah, and, one. It's, and it's one of the, the ultimate kind of horror films as well because it's kind of 
it's kind of comedy and horror, you know, and mm-hmm. it's really difficult to get that blend right. But John Landis, who directed The Blues Brothers and Animal House and Spies Like Us and um, Trading Places and Kentucky Fried Movie. Kentucky Fried <laughs> Yeah. Kentucky Fried Movie. Um all a whole range of uh, coming to America. You know, a whole range of really kind of classic 80s movies that have really sort of, you know, stood the test of time and that, that have kind of, we're all very fond of, you know. And he did this movie in 1981, which he'd been preparing for, what was it now, the best part of... Since I'd 1969. Say, yeah, yeah. It was a good sort of 12, 13 years that he'd, he'd kind of had this um, script that he eventually convinced um, uh, the studios to make. Its roots are even embedded in, you know, movie culture as well, is because the airplane script was actually based upon John Landis' screenplay. John Landis was uh, friends with uh, Abrams and and Zucker, and uh, they said, you know, we're thinking about this movie, you know, called Airplane, it's going to be a spoof, and uh, we just don't know how to write it. And John Landis says, well, here's one of my scripts, an American Werewolf of London. Why well, copy the format? So that's what they did. They copied off what John wow. Landis wrote. So, you know, it's it's embedded into culture. And it's not an American movie. It's a British movie with mm. American and British actors made on British pounds. Yeah, yeah. It, it just is. has an and American crew. Exactly. And, and it, it's... They they got it right as well. They got that kind of blend of cultures right. They got the humor right. It's, a, it's kind of got a very British sense of humor throughout. But also with the Americans being, you know, the Americans being able to kind of showcase their brand of humor as well. So you have this great blend of British and American humor that for some reason just gels nicely. And, and it, it's for me every time I watch it I, I'm just amazed at how well it works it's 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 a powerful film so let's get down to as, as we're going to talk about the best of worst maybe we'll elaborate on some of the choices and maybe some of the trivia that goes along with this great movie who is your best character well my best character is has definitely got to be um, Jack Goodman played by Griffin Dunn he's the um He's he's killed at the start of the movie. Two backpackers are wandering across the Yorkshire Moors in the UK, and they stumble across a pub, which is called the Slaughtered Lamb. So, for those of you that don't know, that's why our podcast is called the Slaughtered Lamb. It's based on the pub uh, in the movie An American Werewolf in London, and um, they go into this pub, which they're clearly not welcome into, and they're pretty much you know, sort of shown the door not long after they're in there. They find themselves wandering along the moors. Um, it's a pretty dark and stormy night, and they're attacked by a werewolf. And the werewolf kills this character, Jack Goodman, in the most horrendous way possible. But we'll go on to that in a bit. But yeah, Jack Goodman... And I can't really talk about his character for those who haven't seen it already. Okay, I'll talk about it. Jack Goodman comes back as a zombie Mm -hmm. to warn David that he's going to become a werewolf. And he tries to get him to, um, uh, to, to kill himself in order to kind of sever the werewolf's bloodline. And the different iterations of Jack Goodman that we get, like this, like this, and like this, 
are all part of what make this movie absolutely fantastic, both scary and funny throughout. The makeup effects are absolutely first class by Rick Baker. So, Frank, your best character. It is also Jack. (laughs) Jack, for me, is not only David's best friend. He comes back, like you said, to warn him that you have to kill yourself. You have to suffer the bloodline or you're going to kill more people. You're going to kill a lot of people. Jack is not thinking to the point of saying, you know, you have to kill yourself, you know, just do it. He's actually sub- he's actually consciously being his friend. That's 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 the heart of this movie too is being with him at every moment, at every form of decay that he's at. <laughs> and the last part that we saw him that you just showed where he's in the porno theater. That's the funniest part where he's scratching his own nose. It, it's actually you know, his own hand scratching the dummy. Like, even you itch when you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and that one part where we see him, when we first see a fresh kill, as they say, you know, everyone says the part of the makeup that bothers him the most is that little neck flap that keeps yeah. going back and forth. That's the worst. But yeah, the best character for me is definitely Jack because he is David's consciousness. He is his best friend. He is him telling him to do what's right even when all the other victims come back and try to say, get a gun, hang yourself, all those different ways. Jack is saying, guys, he's my friend. Let's do this a little bit more appropriately. And he's like, he's your friend, not mine. <laughs> that was a terrible British accent. Oh, hell with it. <laughs> Oi! There, I had that at the end. There we go. Um, but... Yeah, it's Jack, 100%. It's, I could have gone with David. I could have gone with a lot of people in this movie. But when it comes down to it, you and I have to agree. Jack, by far, when it comes yeah, down to it. Yeah, it was terrific. Who is your worst character? Worst character, straight off the bat, is Nurse Gallagher. So when David... A perv. She's an absolute perv. So when, when David survives the werewolf attack and his buddy Jack gets killed, he's sent to London to a hospital to recuperate. And um, he's in a kind of, I guess, almost like a coma for a couple of weeks. He's, 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 he's recovering. He hasn't woken. Yeah, he's recovering, yeah. but he hasn't woken for two weeks. You've been we'll a, find out why. Say, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a sleep, there's, a, there's a line in there where they say, you've been unconscious since they brought you here two weeks ago. And um, the two nurses, Nurse Price, played by um, Jenny Agatha, and Nurse Gallagher, who's just some random um, northerner from the UK, and those of you from the UK will know what I mean, a kind of <laughs> brassy, bolshy, ginger-haired, um, sex-starved nurse, uh, uh, makes a comment about what, David's religion might be um, and she says I think he's Jewish and um, nurse Alex Price turns around and says well how do you know that and she went because I've had a look and for that alone Irving on poor David Kessler while he's laid up in his hospital bed unconscious for two weeks she gets my worst character award this could was ma- me too in reverse <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> if they did the circumcision by mistake <laughs> oh sorry we put you in the wrong ward <laughs> my, my worst character uh, just because it, it serves no purpose in the movie but yeah it's kind of needed um, is, is Sean 
Sean is part of this uh, is is a part of a couple that is waiting for another couple to arrive at their flat, and the couple that's going to sneak around back to surprise Sean and his wife uh, gets attacked by David as the werewolf, yeah. and Sean's wife uh, says he should go out there and take a look. So he does. He goes out there and says, "Harry, is that you?" And he has a drink in his hand because. Brits don't want to leave their drink. They don't want to put it there. They take it with them. And it looks good, too, because he's, yeah. just, he's very sophisticated. He's got Because everyone shows up to a, a dinner party in a suit and tie. Uh, this was the 80s. Okay. So uh, he goes out there, and he finds whatever's left of his French, only one part. And he just basically looks down and goes, that's it. <laughs> No reaction. No they, reaction. They are an incredibly stereotyped British couple, aren't they? It's just like, oh, bother. You know, it's, it just ruined the day. That's basically it. Gosh. <laughs> Not like, you know, damn. Not like, like uh, what's his name uh, from Jurassic Park? Uh, Sir Attenborough. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You know, nothing like that. Uh, it was just like, uh, like it happens all the time. Like another appendage. Uh, yeah, but it's just Sean. But that's kind of you know me, you know, just being anal about it. So that's my worst character. Um, your best line. My best line um, is this may come as a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but my best line in the movie is is at the very very start of the movie when the guys arrive in York, North Yorkshire in in the UK. They're on the back of a truck full of sheep. <laughs> And they're dropped off at a kind of intersection uh, within the moors. And the um, the truck driver gets out of the truck, points them in the right direction to where they want to be going. And he says, stick to the roads. The best of luck. Thanks again. And that line there is my favorite line in the movie. And it became our sign off mm-hmm. for this channel. So every episode that we've ever done from episode one all the way through to having this youtube channel and doing all these videos on here we always sign off with stick to the roads and the best of luck and it comes from the very first moments of an american wolf in london so always going to be my favorite line and you know what isn't it a line for life yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) if if you're going to be on life you stick to the road you know and go off don't go off of it because if you go off the road guess what happens bad things (laughs) Uh, so you stick to the road and the best of luck doing it. It just explains so much in life, but it's particularly detrimental to this movie and something they should have done. And yeah, yeah. bad things happen when they don't listen. Yeah. Um, my best line is uh, coming from Jack because he has so many great lines, but it's what he gives to David when he first sees him. And he says... Uh, he says, David, the undead surround me. Have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. <laughs> and I'm lonely. Kill yourself, David, before you kill others. And then David starts losing it. But then his emotion kicks in of him being his friend for Jack and says, please don't cry. Because he doesn't want to see him do that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of have the feeling that Jack want, doesn't want to be in limbo anymore. No, no. But does he also want David to cross over with him? 
and be he with him. He wants his friend. He knows that he's going to do damage if he carries on because he's obviously, you know, he's kind of heir apparent to that werewolf. He's going to change and do and cause lots of damage. And, you know, he he, he want, he's in purgatory. Mm-hmm. He wants this solved so that he can move on and he can be with his friend again. Yeah, because David's going to move on too. Yeah, it's inevitable, you know. Yep. So yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. That's a, I never really thought about it like that before. That's a that's a that's a terrific line to to pull up. It's the it's um, the ple- it's the please don't cry. Yeah, yeah. Because most most would be like just kill yourself. As as, yeah. we, as we saw in, in, in you know see you next Wednesday. <laughs> you know they're they're all telling him you know ways to kill him and David's saying thanks. You're all so helpful. <laughs> they're yeah. all you're also thoughtful. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's that emotion that these guys, I want you to be safe. I don't want you to hurt anybody. I don't want to be alone anymore. And I don't want you seeing it in pain right now. Yeah. Um, that's, that's sums up not only this movie, but it sums up friendship as all. Of course. course. Couldn't agree more. So now your worst line. There's not many. There's not a lot. There isn't. No. And it's not a bad line. It's just something that irritates me. Um, when when they uh, when they go to the pub, now you know it's it's, it's in the north of England, and um, there are some really kind of colourful and and probably difficult to un- to kind of understand characters uh, for an American audience uh, within this pub. Uh, there's some really heavy accents in there, and you know I come from the north of England, and so that's one of the reasons why I have quite a, a bit of an aff- affinity to this film. Um, but when they first arrive, they they request. Um, I think they request a coffee, don't they? Yeah, they, they wanted a coffee or soup. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> no, she. They ask her if uh, then do you have tea, and she says no. And that line, you know, Americans assuming that they're going to get tea in a pub, uh, niggles me every time because. You're, you think we're obsessed with tea. <laughs> more, than, more than the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> you guys think that we're obsessed with tea and that we all have bad teeth. And actually, you're quite right, actually, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't. I'm okay. I don't, I'm not keen on tea and I have good teeth. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it just one of those things that niggles me every time he says it. She says, "No, we haven't got any coffee," and he goes, "Then do you have tea?" No, it's a fucking pub for crying out loud. <laughs> it's not a cafe or a Starbucks or anything like that. So there wouldn't it's be a, a soda. There wouldn't be any pop or anything like that. Any cola? Yeah, you'd be able to get. You'd be able to. Well, get yeah, because coffee. you have to mix it with your Jack. That's what, now exactly. I understand exactly. That, exactly. That's what it means. Some some pubs do do tea, but they the use kind of yeah. <laughs> Some pubs would do tea, but they're usually in London, kind of wanky pubs. Do you know what I mean? Not pubs in the kind of Yorkshire Dales that are stiff, isolated stiff in pubs. the middle of nowhere. You go in there and you get a mild, a stout, or a bitter. That's it. That's your lot. <laughs> no tea. So, yeah, so my worst line in there is, then do you have tea? No, no tea there. I assume that all English people drink tea. <laughs> oh, most of them do, but I don't. <laughs> but don't you guys have tea hours? 
No. What do you mean tea oh. hours? What you mean like a siesta or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we always thought that uh, that across the pond, you you take breaks to have tea. There is such a thing as a tea break, I guess, but it's it's a general statement. It means, you know, if you have a a 15-minute tea break, it doesn't mean you have to go off and have tea. It just means you, well, you can go to the toilet or (laughs) whatever you want to do. Do you know what I mean? But it's not like, it's not like written in law that you, when you have a tea break, you must have tea. No. Ben doesn't ring and everyone stops and goes to the nearest uh, uh, Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts and get their tea? No, it's just most people pop out for a smoke or something. (laughs) (laughs) Toilet or smoke. It's just a polite way of saying a convenience break, you know? They're Earl Grey. Yeah, or a comfort break, you know. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my worst line is from uh, Sean's wife. Because I'm going to pick Sean, I'm going to pick his wife as well and sean's wife just saying the can i just say the these these characters that frank's picking on are in this movie for about all of 20 seconds but they're not needed they're not needed they're really not needed uh you know and it's 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 sean there's hooligans in the park again and it's like so what go check it out is anyone there <laughs> swinging his brandy you sounded Australia then. Oh, Reese, oh, check it let out. me know. <laughs> Reese, yeah, Reese, what does he think? As the only Brit with uh, with an Australian accent, Reese, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, your best kill. Oh, there are there are just boats, so many. Boats load. There, there are just so many. Um, I mean, initially, I, I would have to say Jack Goodman, Griffin Dunn's death. Um, and we've spoke about this quite a few times now, but mm-hmm. the violence in that scene when he's killed, when he's literally getting ripped apart in front of our eyes, and he's screaming for his life. Like, I've never seen anybody scream before in a, in a horror movie. It, it, it's it's relentless. He's just t- His throat's torn out. His chest's decimated. And as I, you know, I think I commented on when we first did this um, episode on the podcast. I think the only comparison that I have to this death is that of um, uh, Quint in Jaws. The way that when he kind of succumbs to the to the great white, you feel it. Yeah, yeah, you do. And and he, you know, you've got this kind of grown, hard ass bloke. Um, screaming for his life even before he's been bitten because he knows what's coming and what how traumatic it's going to be um and it's the same with this you know the moment that that hits when 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 griffin dunn or jack goodman as his character's called is attacked by the werewolf he is absolutely begging for this to end and it, it's 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 harrowing it really is and calling out for david Calling yeah, out he's calling out for his him. friend, and all his friend can do is run away. Yeah, he's until, so scared. He runs until he away. decides, you know, to go back because he's like, "Oh, my friend Jack, I have to go back." Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. sees that body, mm-hmm. and the point that I, I like about that kill, besides the gruesomeness and the feeling of him getting torn apart, is that the actors and the crew. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's filmed on the grounds of the Queen. <laughs> it was, but. 
John Landis had the, the John Landis had this habit of putting people through agony and then weather how how terrible it was. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of the actors and, and crew uh, felt like shit anyway, and you can really hear it in Griffin's you know voice is because he's been doing this for probably about three or four hours in that fucking cold. Now he's on the ground and he's sopping wet. In minus temperatures, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, that, I agree with you with the best kill, but there's so many good kills in this movie. It was so hard for me to pick uh, as well. Um, but for me, it ultimately came down to the uh, Piccadilly scene and the massacre that's being caused. Because... David's Werewolf only did a couple kills. He did two in the theater, and he did the inspector. Other than that, the carnage is being caused by him walking around and the other people. Yeah, That scene is... Those kills in there, including John Landis himself going through a window with a bandana. uh, It's an amazing scene. The carnage left. The carnage. like you say, he just—I mean—he takes a few bites. He tries to bite a few people as he's as the wolf's running through um, Piccadilly Circus and people running past him. Yeah, yeah. And I—I I first saw this sequence on the making of Michael Jackson's Thriller, and it's what prompted Michael Jackson to to hire John Landis to to direct that music video, which is again is superb. I know it's very eighties and and you know forget about the whole Michael Jackson history thing, but you can't not appreciate that, that what he did for music videos with, with, with thriller. Um, but yeah, the Piccadilly sequence is, it's relentless. I mean, it only goes on for, I'd say like a minute. Yeah. A few moments, Um, a a few, there is so much that happens within that minute. It's, It's so violent, so aggressive um, and you know, practical as well, because this is way before the days of, of CGI. Mm-hmm. And you know, this was actually done. They closed down Piccadilly Circus for two nights and shot it—a mixture of shooting it there and shooting up at Pinewood Studios. And I, I agree with you, Frank. It's it's a, a incredible sequence. And you know, Inspector Villiers getting his head chewed off kicks it all off, which know, they forgot to go get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they left the head in Piccadilly. So the crew member is going back for this head on the tube, and he has it. He's just walking around with it. And people are just looking at him like, what the hell? You know that area very well. Not not just because of where you live, um, just because of you know you visit that place regularly on every day. How hard is it to close down Piccadilly? It must be like closing down Times Square. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the kind of hub of the West End of London, and and you know they closed it down for I think like four or five hours during the night uh, on two separate nights, and um, the results, you know, that it was amazing what the, what they managed to produce um, in in those two nights. The, the the stunt sequences are amazing, the 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 sheer violence and carnage. Of, of people getting run over, falling mm-hmm. off, the, falling out of the, going through windscreens on cars, falling out off the roof of buses, laying glass, <laughs> laying in glass, the wolf kind of snapping at people, and you know, and you can see it playing now as we talk about this. But yeah, it's um, it's not only one of my 
favorite moments or, or favorite kill scenes uh, it, it, you know in this movie it's I think it's one of the one of the best scenes in horror movie history agree that's why I had to I had to pick it um, so your worst kill uh, there are there are none really there are none there are only kind of less than there are there are only some kills that are just not as good as the the others mm-hmm. and they're mainly the ones that are kind of off screen you know you've got Harry Berman and Judith Browns that, that get kind of get killed off screen um, and also the kind of scene with the with all the bums sort of sat around the fire um, they're obviously killed off screen as well although I believe that sequence was actually shot where they were all killed but in the end they ended up sort of just kind of cutting away um, there's, there's, there's no shortage of of of, of you know of, of kills in this film whatsoever Gorge. I think we need to <laughs> yeah yeah we, we need to also mention the tube station kill which is you, know, oh, you don't actually yeah you don't actually see the kill but the build-up to it is just absolutely nerve-jangling, isn't it? The first-person and third-person chase scenes, I mean, views, are, are fantastic because they did it from a low and upright angle. So you're following him based upon the view of David as the werewolf. And to the point where you're getting face-to-face with the victim and you see the first half of the werewolf just before the strike going up the escalator. Yeah, yeah. You can just see him enter just a, frame just a brief at the top moment. Of the- <laughs> it's terrifying. You know what? The, the worst kill for me is, like you said, it, it's the ones that are off screen. Even with Harry and, and, and his girlfriend and wife, you know, you saw the head just come in. Like yeah. it just attacked. You don't see yeah. that with the bumps. No, no. You know, and... Uh, they spot something and then it cuts away. Yeah, that's it. That's not Winston. <laughs> Look! Let him go. I'm getting You're better. To Loomis, <laughs> yeah. get out now. But the aftermath, the aftermath of what the bums look like is, is you yeah. can tell they, yeah. they've actually had the run, got the got the, the, the got the run through. All right, there's so many of them, Darren. But your best moment, what sums up this whole movie for you? I mean, it has to be the transformation, right? Um, I mean, I've got two things written down here. One is Piccadilly Circus because mm-hmm. the effort that went into, you know, filming that, and as we've just spoken about, and the execution of it, and the sheer violence of it, um, has to be one of my best moments. But the transformation, which we'd never seen the like of before, not even, um, you know, the Howling, which I believe came out just before American Werewolf, I think, mm-hmm. matches the the werewolf transformation in this and still today because it all happens on screen in front of you um and the agony that he goes through while he's transforming still today it's just still my favorite transformation scene um it's it's incredible i mean the the hours and the workmanship that go into this and this is again this is not cgi there's no sort of um, manufactured sort of computer effects or anything like that. It's all practical and it all happens in front of you and it's just stunning. It really is. So much so, and I know you mentioned this on the podcast before, that they devised a new category at the Academy Awards just so that they could um, 
so this so that Rick Baker could win for this for this for this makeup that he did. It's it's stunning. It really is. I agree with you one hundred percent. It is my best moment. It is the transformation scene is what defines this movie, and for Rick and his team to do this and to figure out new ways to make this happen on screen without really cutting away and doing like the Lon Chaney, you know, dissolve effect into the next part of, of his transformation, stretching out the skin, even uh, David screaming how painful it is. And, and of course the actor's name is, is David as well. Uh, real name is David. Uh, being stuck in that floor for five hours at a time. Even when they yeah. went out to lunch, he would still be on the floor and they shut the lights <laughs> off out on him. It's like, we'll be back. We're going for lunch. I'm like, well, I'm still stuck. Well, you can't move. You can't move. <laughs> and if we have to reset, we'll be here for another eight hours and you'll have everybody pissed at you. Um, but it is in that moment where he's changing and he looks at the camera, breaking the fourth wall and reaching out to you, even for you to help him. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. sheer brilliance. It's this yeah. that transformation scene is, is has not been topped in my eyes by any other werewolf movie since. Mm. No, I agree. Even you could, as much C, you can throw as much CGI at it as possible, and it doesn't look real. This looks completely real. It really mm-hmm. does. Yep, yep. genius. And, well, Darren, you and I gush over this movie so much. We hope that everybody goes out there. Um, and takes a look at this movie even if you haven't even if you think it's dated it's not it's it's so fun and there's 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 parts that have some kind of uplifting comedy lines in it you know with uh, a lot of weather we've been having (laughs) (laughs) and there's also you know you you have a lot of um cameo appearances in there like frank oz is in there Mm -hmm. um we've also got porno stars porno stars that are in there you've also got kermit the frog in there as well miss piggy miss piggy and um it's 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 not a stupid comedy by any stretch it's not a comedy like airplane or you know anything else blazing saddles that was around at the time it's it's a really cool subtle mix of horror and comedy yeah i just love it for it it one minute you're laughing the next minute you're scared to death it's uh, it's it's an absolute milestone in horror um, cinema, I believe. It holds up. There's not much, you know. It's not really outdated. I mean, most most of the stuff in there is, is pretty. The setting is good for what we are dealing with now. Um, and you know, I, Darren, I can't tell you how many different editions of this movie I have. <laughs> It's one of those movies that I have to have a physical copy of. Yeah, there's some really cool versions of it out there at the moment. There's, cover you know, art. Arrow. I mean, Christ. Yeah, the cover art's fantastic. Arrow have just recently done a fantastic version of it. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's some great Blu-rays, 4Ks out there of this, and some really terrific making ofs as well. In fact, there's a movie that was directed by a gentleman that was um, on Dave McRae's show a, a couple of a year or so ago called mm-hmm. Paul Davis. Um, he did a documentary called Beware the Moon and also wrote a really cool book. Uh, kind of, I say wrote a book, but it's kind of a you know a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, some 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 great stuff out there, and and you know some of our younger kind of 
um, followers may may not have seen it before, may not have heard it, may not have given it a chance. But I urge you to watch this film. I think that you'll you'll enjoy it, and um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And this is uh, every time I see a werewolf movie come out, and you because you and I gush over werewolf movies in general. It's our one of our favorite genres. Um, I always hope that they can top the transformation scene, and none of them can yet. No, which is no. Agreed. Just, agreed. Um, Howling comes close. It comes close, <laughs> but not by much. It, I think. No. I think that the the one the howling transformation it just takes a little bit too long. Yeah, the tongue yeah. flickers kind of bother. Yeah, me. and they they concentrate. They, you know, they spend too much time with the kind of airbags under the skin thing. They just kind of constantly pulsing away. Yeah, this this is uh, this is the real altered deal. states. Yeah, <laughs> asshead. Yeah. You know, as we're done talking about Halloween, I like to go back into maybe more Werewolf in London, and maybe we'll dip into one of the the greatest sequel of all time, American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> Do we have to? No, no, no. Uh, but we're going to end this way, of course. Stick to the roads, and the best of luck. <laughs>